Welcome to this episode of It's Not That Deep. This week we're asking, why do we have such a low opinion of ourselves? And I think, as always, it's a good place to start with digging a bit deeper into what does that actually mean to have a low opinion of oneself. I think everyone probably listening can relate to it, but but let's kind of get a bit uh, more specific about what we need, or what we mean, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I think from a clinical point of view, um, we would call that low self-esteem, I guess. And um, and what we would mean by that is that we lack confidence about who we are, about what we can do. Um, we can feel incompetent or um, unloved, unlovable, um, inadequate, I guess, not good enough. Um, yeah. And that can become a, a way of life and one that we're not even really aware of it just becomes who we are uh, and then you hear that in uh, in the words so somebody might say oh you always run yourself down or or something like that and and we might not even be aware that we've been doing it yeah and I think there's something around trusting our own um, ability to do things I think people with low self-esteem or that low uh, opinion of themselves there's a sense that because it comes from an internal dialogue, really, mm. doesn't it? And, and if other people are noticing that, then it's obviously manifesting itself externally as well. Um, but that sort of internal beliefs, what do we call them? Self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not very creative. I'm not. All that stuff feeds into this story about who we are, Um and does perpetuate this lack of self-esteem, this this low opinion of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear it in clients all the time. And of course, that also brings an echo of what I tell myself. Um, you know, but uh, but clients all the time are, you know, in the family, I'm, I wasn't the creative one or the bright one. I wasn't the pretty one. I wasn't, you know, that kind of, a, there wasn't really a role for me. I wasn't really what was wanted in the family and sometimes those are words that they've heard you know that 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 they weren't the the child their parents were after they wanted something prettier to dress up or something cleverer to to be proud of or whatever and not being proud of of them for who they are and we all have that to a certain extent Mm. don't we I mean there's very few people that I know in the world that don't have some sort of oh I'm not good at that or that's just the way I am kind of thing that, that, that is a kind of putting themselves down. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that that um, we're back to my, my thing about everything being on a continuum, mm-hmm. right? So I think, I think there are a few people who appear to have great self-belief and don't appear and don't admit to any of these, but they're rare. Um, so I think most of us have something. I wonder um, if they're even real. Yeah, or absolutely. if it's just a story they're telling themselves that they're brilliant. But you know what? It might work for them. It might give them a lot of self-confidence. <laughs> yeah, it might. So I think we all do. I, I guess... Um, so that makes me think, what's the, what's the purpose of that? And I guess there is a, there is a useful part to that. So it's how babies and small children learn to make sense of their world mm-hmm. and what is what is the way to behave you know that they learn that from parents you one of the things that as parents you you hope you're teaching your child is that they can they can bear the sadness you know that that that's what you know that's what 
comforting a child when it's crying is about that that it's this not that deep. T- yeah, yeah this, indeed it's not that deep I was going to say this too shall pass but absolutely it's not that deep you know that it's bearable right yeah. and and particularly when we're when we're small we look around to see how other people are being we do that if we start a new job mm. or if we join a new group you know we we sort of we observe and see what's the norm here. How how are people? So, ooh, you're making me think though. So mm. if we've got a parent that puts themselves down all the time, yeah. that's what we're learning. Yeah, isn't it? Like, absolutely. So if yes, they don't feel good enough if they're always kind of saying I'm terrible at this or I'm not worthy of not just in their words but through their actions. People staying in relationships they shouldn't stay in. As the child, you're seeing, let's say for example, a mother in a, a it could be a father, even, but you know, a parent in a, a clearly destructive relationship, that they are almost setting the example that it, mm. that if you're not worthy, this is the best it can be, or this is what you have to put up with. Yeah, mm. absolutely, and I think you know that, that that some of the some of those children will take that point of view. You know that that I'm like that parent, therefore I don't deserve anything more than that. Yeah, and you, you do know? see children of people that were in. Whose mothers were abused, let's say. I, I, I'm only using it that way around. I know it happens the other way around too, but it's more common because women are less strong. Um, it is more common for, for the, the female to, to be the sort of victim in, a, in a, a relationship like that. You do see the daughters of those women entering into abusive relationships as well, don't you? That It becomes a sort of pattern. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that we often do in therapy is do what we call a genogram. So we do like a family history. And those are the sorts of things you log, things like that and and alcohol abuse that runs through generations. And, And it's about it's about what you see. You can you can only be what you can see. Um, And we talk about that with with jobs don't we a lot but actually it works on the other side as well that that if you see these maladaptive strategies yeah. of coping then then they're also ones that that become available for you to reach for yeah. well you've learned them from the master yeah. kind of thing haven't you yeah and i think it's always worth uh, as we've done in uh, other um podcasts just remembering that we're not fixed so if there's any anyone listening out there going yeah that's why I'm like I am or whatever recognizing that is the first step but it doesn't mean that's it and that's just the way we are you know there are obviously we've got the, the, the beauty of the um, of the brain that's able to to reform or, or make new pathways new ways of being so well yeah we'll touch on some stuff at the end that might be helpful but just a reassuring because it can be a bit like well god yeah I'm like that and how am I you know I'm just as if we're stuck yeah. in, in, in this. And as someone who had um, quite a low opinion of myself, I would say for many years, I failed at relationships. I failed, you know, I, I considered myself to be a failure in certain things. I never pushed myself that much in my career and things because it was okay. It was safer to not step out of that for fear of failure because I didn't feel good enough or whatever. Um, I know that self-esteem can be something that's built and developed. So Yeah, yeah and also something that kind of comes and goes, you know. Um, mm. I'm aware that, that um, at the moment I'm quite tired and I feel like I can't find my words. And so before we started this podcast, 
I wrote myself a bunch of notes of things that I might want to say during it, you know, because I didn't think I would be good enough off the top of my head today. And I think, you know, we all do that. We go through that. And part of it is about can you find strategies and can you trust yourself, you know? And would it be okay if yeah. in this podcast we stumble over our words, like I did right at the beginning, when, you know, I said need instead of mean or whatever. It's, it's, it's okay. I don't think, and this is the crux of it, right? is that it's the opinion of ourselves. It's not necessarily what other people's opinion of us, you know. And, and, and it's, it's that internal view of who we are and how we are in the world. And, and often because we've set this ridiculously high bar for yeah. ourselves, the person we think we should be from what, comparing ourselves to other people, seeing this version of other people that they present and as we referenced earlier which may or may not be true i think that's social media absolutely i think that's so important because what we're what we're comparing is how we feel against what we observe from other people which is what they've allowed us to see so we're not comparing like with like we've much more data information about ourselves than we have about anyone else and so we're kind of setting ourselves up for a fail if that's the way we're making that comparison and we never pick somebody that we think isn't doing as well as us you know we we judge ourselves against against some sort of weird benchmark that yeah that we that we that we can't achieve not not somebody we we love and you know uh, who is who's more who's more like us and i bet we don't spend any time thinking i'm better than them I'm much more sorted than them. I've got more self-esteem than them. I'm happy than them. We don't spend any time in that space at all. But we do spend a lot of time in the, they seem happier than me. They seem like they've got their life more sorted than me. Their relationship, you know, it it seems so perfect or whatever it might be. Um, And like you say, we just don't have the data. We cannot see inside other people's heads. And the fact that you and I uh, work with people who tell us that they feel a certain way um, and we know we feel like that, it's much more likely that it's kind of quite human to have this stuff going on. It's why I love doing group courses, um, yeah. because when people share each other's experience, you get these kind of looks of, oh, wow, I thought I was the only one. You know, people literally voice that so many times. There's this kind of incredulity that other people also felt like that too. Which, and there's something so kind of liberating in just going, it's part of the human condition. It's part of what it is to be human. We've grown up in this environment where we've learned these behaviours and they have a purpose, a coping mechanism or whatever. But it's not fail-safe, is it? Because we're not like a computer which is right or wrong. It's not binary like that, is it? No, no. And our brains, you know... that they tell stories right so so whilst it's helpful to know that when you're in this space people don't speak over each other or they wait their turn to talk you know if you're in a business meeting or whatever you know um that but 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 what our brains do then is 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 that well everybody else knows how to do that so everybody else knows how to do everything and i don't know how to do anything um and then I'm hopeless and useless and, and you know, and, and then that story gains traction because it's how we feel. So, you know. Yeah, we're not creative 
Oh, but we're, we're, we're ridiculously creative because we just make stuff up in our heads all the time. Yeah. It's such an interesting topic, isn't it? Mm. This, I, I want to go back to this idea of the bar that we're setting for yeah. ourselves. That this, we hold it for ourselves that we should be like this. Happier, prettier, more intelligent, should have, you know, and it's not even about the tangible material things, actually. It's like the immaterial stuff, the un, yeah, the intangible stuff. Um, where we're striving to be this person we think we ought to be, having compared ourselves to what we think is the right way to be, comparing ourselves to all these other humans. Do we hold that same level of expectation for our friends, people we love, people we've chosen to spend time with? And, And what do we do if they don't reach it? And I think that's a really important question and one I pose to clients all the time. You know, if this was your friend telling you this, would you say, no, you're right, you're terrible at that, you're a terrible person. Yeah, snap, <laughs> snap out of it, love. Pull yourself together. <laughs> and of course they always go, well, no. Like, well, why do you do that to yourself? You know, is that is that okay that, yeah. that that's how you... You know, what what is this... Why do, you, why do you need to reach a benchmark that you wouldn't expect anyone else to? And it's this idea of perfectionism mm. as well, isn't it? That, that there is this ideal way that we should be. And I think everyone needs to let go of any idea that anything can be perfect because it just can't. There is no such thing. Um, I'm acutely aware that there's that noise outside. So if anyone can hear a bit of noise... Some drilling started, but that's okay. You we'll might. speak a bit louder and it'll be fine. <laughs> Having finished my building work, now my neighbours are doing building work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that's a... You know, and, I, and I relate that to not just kind of the stories people tell themselves about themselves, but also when they're feeling a certain way. So if you're feeling a bit low, oh, I'm always negative, or whatever. You know, if someone came in, your friend, and said, I'm feeling a bit low... How would you try and well, you try and support them, right? But how we deal with ourselves is generally to go right. You need to snap out of this. Why are you in a bad mood for? God, you're such a miserable person. Like, yeah. sort yourself out. Yeah. Um. And and we'd kind of bully ourselves from the inside in a way that we'd probably give the person a hug if it was a friend, someone we care about. So that, you know, I think really important to kind of zoom out the way I treat myself. Why is it? so different from the way I would treat someone I really love or care about. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear that a lot in clients. As you know, I specialise in grief and loss. So you know, I have any number of clients who say they've, they've been bereaved for a year or 18 months or whatever, and they go, well, I should be over it by now. I shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't still be crying on my friends. And I'll say, it's it's only been 18 months. And if this was your friend, how would you how would you be with them? Yeah. You know, much kinder than, than to yourself. Yeah, and that goes back to another fixed idea that mm. how things are supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm going slightly off piste, but it ties in to this idea that we have a sense of how life is supposed to be. I think I've joked before about blaming Disney for the whole happy... Ever- oh, it's actually Hans Christian Andersen we reference him, because that whole happy ever after yeah. thing. As if there's one right way that if you're doing everything correctly your life should go like this and ultimately you'll be happy then and 
No one's life does that. But we have this sense that when something comes along, we lose someone, we get ill, we lose our job, you know, all the stuff you must deal with regularly around yeah. loss, um, that somehow it's gone wrong. Yes. As if there was a right way in the first place. And I always say to my clients, there's not a right or wrong way, there just is a way, a way it's going to unfold, and we have no idea what that might look like. Um, and the more we can let go of this idea that it, we should be a certain way, or life should be a certain way, then actually the more liberating that is, and the, the better we feel about ourselves, to, to be able to say, actually, how things are right now, that's okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, I think that's so important, isn't it? And we have this... We have this idea that we can somehow control everything that happens and and so often as we we say all the time you know the only thing we can control is how we respond to a situation you know I can do all the planning in the world but I can't control other people or life events, li- life events or the weather or, or any of those things right all I can do is be as prepared as possible but I have to be able to, we have to be able to let go of the things that we can't control. And, go, you know, and despite those, you know. Yeah. And there's something in the more we try to yeah. strive to be the person we think we ought to be, um, the sort of more elusive it, it becomes. And I think that goes back to this opinion of ourselves thing. You know, the more we tell ourselves what a terrible person we are or how we're not good at something... It almost it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it that the you know we start to believe our own mm. bs yeah absolutely and that holds us in a very small space then because then we as you said you know you don't want to try anything new you know or or go for a promotion or 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 any you know meet new people any of those things because i'll probably fail i'll probably fail i won't be good enough and so learning to so very gently push at that window of tolerance and try things and I you know I think we're sort of moving towards what might we do to 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 overcome or to help ourselves in these situations yeah, and, and I've, got, I've got one sort of that links that kind of mm. links these two things so I um, had a conversation with um, one of the young people in my household the other day who was quite nervous before going for an interview and and I said, what is the worst that could happen? Yeah. Like, what is the worst that could happen? I don't get the job. Right. How's that going to feel? And what are you going to do next? You know, it's like, well, you know, he's only 17, right? So it's first ever proper face-to-face interview. Um, I'll, I'll probably be a bit annoyed, but then, and what can you do next? I apply for other jobs, yeah. So it's not, it's not that deep. So the thought of it, and, and this is a child that often doesn't, they almost sabotage the things that might they might fail at hmm. because coming outside of the comfort zone, um, failure might be awful. But actually, it's exactly what you were saying about the, the, the as a parent, as a guardian, sort of creating that resilience in the young people to be able to hold that actually a lot of these things that we think are going to be difficult and unpleasant actually. What's the worst that could happen for going for that promotion? You know, I could put a course out there, no one buys it. Oh well, that's okay. It's not like the world's not going to fall apart. No, no. I, I know it digressed slightly, no, but it does. It is like, what can we do? Yeah. And I think asking ourselves, what. Yeah. What is the worst that can happen when we're in those kind of situations? I yeah. think that's such a powerful question, and and something you know that 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 I'm sure we both do 
with clients. It's so it's more difficult to do it to yourself. Um, but but to do with 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 clients with you know a, a lot and and that sense of you know what is to, to come how can we be kind to ourselves to come back to the thing we yeah. were saying earlier you know how would we be with our friend in that situation well, can we apply that to ourselves yeah and i, I took us away from the, the the topic a little bit but about actually it is that that young person was telling themselves a story like i'm yeah. probably going to fail i'm maybe i'm rubbish at this maybe i can't do the job but that's this bullying ourselves from the inside right yeah and you're right, if it was a friend, we wouldn't be doing that. So that's a really useful strategy, mm. is to kind of zoom out. We mentioned this, become aware of the story, of the phrase we're using, like, oh, you're not good enough, you can't do this. Zoom out from that a little bit and look, uh, is it just a story I'm telling myself? Yeah. And, you know, how would I respond if it was my friend saying this? We'd be like, yeah, you can, come on, do it. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, does it say anything about me? Well, probably not. You know, it's it's a learning experience, or it you know it says something about the the sorts of people that that uh, that job was looking for, or yeah. or something else. You know, that it's not always it's not always about me. You know, and I think also, and this can be really hard thinking about things that we are good at, that we do value about ourselves, the the where we are good enough. For ourselves you know and using that to to build on mm. in terms of how we feel about ourselves and it doesn't have to be a massive thing you know but you know I like to bake I'm quite a good baker well that's something to be proud of it's a it's a gift to people you know yeah people appreciate cakes <laughs> mostly they do yeah so so but but trying to think of you know where am I good enough and and can I allow that story to ripple out from 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 a place Mm. of you know again it's back to what would my friends say about me what would if if I was you know if I was to ask them what would they say they valued about me how would they describe me and can I allow myself to hear that yes go find the evidence yeah that that, i think that's really really key and and imagining what your friends would say about why are they even friends with you you know why why is the person you're in a relationship with in a relationship with you If, if we're such terrible people there must be some virtues somewhere along the line. Otherwise, mm. people, you know, it, it, it would, they would not be with us, or the people that we love would not stay, you know, stay with us or be friends with us or whatever. And I think we were referencing a few things the other day, weren't we? About well, actually, I'm quite reliable, or I'm on time for things, and they may seem like little things, but they're things that are valuable to other people in a friendship for example absolutely and you know that leads on to one of the other things I was thinking which is to surround ourselves with people who nourish us right so those friendships are friendships with the people who who do value us who who see us for who we are who want us around who are accepting accepting. yeah yeah and not the people who who feed that other story that we tell ourselves. That can be quite difficult, though, can't Mm. it? Because, you know, sometimes those people are family members um, or people we work with or something. So we do have to find, maybe that's a whole other podcast topic about how we manage people with whom we don't have a choice with being around. 
but sort of minimising that. So I talk with clients a lot about what are the boundaries they can set up, you know, and actually one of the exercises that I might do with somebody who has low self-esteem, who who does beat themselves up, is to is to challenge them to to do something like say no, right? Where are their boundaries and how might they put them in place? Right. How, you know, I think it that learning to be a little bit assertive in, in one area can pay dividends because the world doesn't end. It's another way of challenging that story. Right. If I you know, if, if you're somebody who who cares for an elderly parent who gives you a massively hard time, mm. what if you don't see them on, I don't know, Tuesdays? You know, what if. You say, I can't this week. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to give a reason, um, you know, yeah. and, and then, then then that becomes a space where you do something for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, a big plug for, for mindfulness, actually, mm. in, in this respect, because if one of the things, obviously, you're developing that I keep talking about and we've mentioned many times is awareness of what's happening as, as it's happening. And... A key, you know, confidence and self-esteem are what I would say are side effects of of, of learning to practice mindfulness. Yes. They're not things you necessarily go to a mindfulness course for, but certainly they come out from it because the more you are aware of how you're being and what you're doing, um, instead of knee-jerk reacting, you're making considered responses. The more you think, oh, I made a good decision there. Mm-hmm. And the more that builds self-esteem. So, for example, if you're a shouty parent, as I was quite a shouty parent, I never felt good about that. That, that kicked my self-esteem in the teeth because I'd always regret having lost it a little bit, you know, being like a naggy shouter. So, actually, to kind of catch it and notice when the shout was about to come and actually breathe and, and choose a different way, mm. and then... It's not that you wouldn't assertively deal with the difficulty, but you would deal with it in a way that was measured and present and that was still assertive, but you didn't lose it, you know. And therefore, you'd think, I'm a good parent, you know. And immediately, that's a kind of another, I don't know, stone in the bucket of of self-esteem. I can't think of a good analogy. You know, we're topping that self-esteem up a bit by having made good decisions. So each time we catch ourselves doing something that's helpful, making a choice that supports ourselves as well as doesn't impact on other people too much, then we're kind of replenishing that, aren't yeah. we? And growing that. Yes, yeah. And growing that ability to be curious about how we're showing up in the world mm. rather than just reacting. Yeah, I think that's so important. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I just I like to summarise at mm. the end to kind of take the the key takeaways for people that are listening to this that that actually yeah the idea of looking at the way in which that voice is showing up and the the way we're kind of start t- telling ourselves stories about who we are if they're not helpful if they're not supportive then is there a place to let them go? You know, they don't benefit our life in any way to tell ourselves and beat ourselves up all the time. And in fact, they just affect our self-esteem in a negative way. So imagining our internal self is our best friend, someone we really love, how might we approach them? With a bit more kindness, a bit more compassion. It's not that, and, and, 
It's not that we have to be perfect. Can good enough be enough? Yeah, and that's a big thing for me, um, that whole idea of good enough. Yeah. You know, that, that there is no such thing as perfect and and we we set ourselves up to fail and to 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 create a position where we don't have any self esteem if we think we need to be perfect. Mm. So what is good enough? Yeah. And then awareness to to know, to notice, you know, catching it and not beating ourselves up. Like we yeah. awareness needs to come without judgment, catching it so that we can go, ah, there it is, judgy voice or critical voice. Um, yeah. Uh, let it go. Yeah. Yes. How else might I frame that? What else might I say? What might be more helpful for me? Yeah. yeah. And learning and learning to to, to be to be assertive and to put in some boundaries. I think yeah. those things are really important. And, and you know, life's short. Let's choose to surround ourselves with people that that support us and nourish us. Yeah. And minimise the time with people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. I loved this chat. Yeah, thank this is really you. great. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Lucy Woods and Adrienne Kirk. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe so you never miss an episode?